powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. Well, hockey fans, Game 1 of the Stanley Cup Final is in the books. Welcome to Game Over Cup Final. Uh, I'm Peter, that's Clayton, that's Lauren. We will get to the more formal introductions in a matter of moments after a Vegas win in Game 1 of the Stanley Cup Final this evening. But first... I want to tell you that you can get in on the action and make your bets with Sports Interaction. Every hit, every shot, every goal. From all your favorite teams and players to professional rats like Matthew Kachuk. With competitive odds, the best in live in play, and more ways than ever to get into the game, like Minute Madness, our exclusive game with so many opportunities to win by the minute. Download the app in Ontario, use the QR code that you see at the bottom of the screen, or head to sportsinteraction.com sdpn to get started. 19 years and older, please play responsibly. Uh, gambling addiction can be a lot to deal with if this is an area that you struggle with. There are links in the show notes to help you out with that. So, here we are. The Stanley Cup Final is upon us as uh, the Vegas Golden Knights with a win in Game 1 over the Florida Panthers. First, an introduction if you are unfamiliar uh, with us. My name is Peter Klein. I am from uh, Game Over Calgary. On the uh, far right portion of your screen from Game Over Vancouver, one of the hardest working men in show business, Clayton Emo. Uh, Clayton, how are you today, sir? I'm great, Peter. I'm so thrilled to be with you, with Lauren, in our first, at least for the three of us, our first cup crossover, so to speak. And you nailed my last name. 95% of people cannot do it, but you nailed Emo. Thank you. You must be watching something or I appreciate it, but I appreciate the chance to be with both of you tonight. I was enjoying the suffering of the Canucks all season long in as many ways as I could. Um, and uh, in the, uh, the the middle of your screen, one of the absolute hidden talents from SDPN this year. Uh, truthfully, one of the best that we had, Lauren Williamson. Uh, Lauren, thank you for doing this today. How are you? Oh, I'm good, man. I'm glad we got our technical difficulties sorted and we're finally live. Thank you, everybody, for waiting. We are so excited to be here, even though if you are in the province of Ontario, it is very late. So happy Saturday. Happy to be here. Happy game over Stanley Cup finals, guys. Let's go. Oh, and we got a good game for game one. Um, I mean, it's earlier for Clayton and I. I'm still using natural light. Um, so that's, but uh, this was where I did one of these last year with uh, Andrew and Julian and talked about how great the mountain time zone was. And Julian just moved out here. So um, that that's that, that's how good of a sell job I do with the mountain time zone. But let, let's get into this actual hockey game. Um, we got a really good one, I think, for, for game one. There was uh, a lot from the Vegas side. I thought Florida hung with them really, really well. Um, I think that there's a, a lot to, to kind of cover in this one. I guess, Clayton, we'll start with you. What really jumped out to you from game one? We'll start on the Vegas side. They are the victors after all. What kind of caught your attention from the team that's now three wins away from the cup final or from a cup? Yeah, it's funny. You, you asked from a Vegas perspective, but I think it had to do everything with the way they neutralized the best player on the Florida Panthers. You've seen Matthew Kachuk just run roughshod over everyone that they've played all three rounds. And I think Kachuk tried to really get into it, especially after, remember when Nick Cousins got uh, nailed into the boards, they didn't call a penalty at the end of the second period. And then Kachuk was trying to stir things up. And I, I think that could have been a turning point in the game when it was 2-2 going into the third period. But for overall, I think Vegas did a really good job neutralizing him, not falling into uh, going after him, retribution, all that kind of thing, retaliation. And Kachuk is a poop disturber, we know that. But I think Vegas was very disciplined. We see that in the penalty minutes. We see that in they made, how they made Florida pay on the power play. So I, I think it was their game plan, I think, to, to make sure Kachuk didn't hurt them. And for game one, they made it so. You calling him a poop disturber makes me feel very bad for the amount of swearing I did while we were getting the technical issues ready. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, Lauren, what, what about you? What stood out to you from a, a Vegas perspective? 
you know, it's funny, like at the beginning of the game, the Panthers really, really felt like they were running the show for Vegas. Um, at the beginning, it was sort of going both ways. But the first like probably 15 minutes of the game, Florida looks looks the way they have the whole the whole playoffs. Right. They were crazy with the forechecking. They were crazy with clearing the puck. They were standing tall in front of Bobrovsky and he was giving them all kinds of saves, which he has done progressively better and better throughout these playoffs. Um, but as the game went on, Vegas seemed to forecheck back just as much. They seemed to be giving it back in the physical way just as much, blocking shots just as much, and really matching the the power and the speed and the enthusiasm of the Florida Panthers that they have become so well-known for. Um, and uh, listen, guys, I don't know what we were expecting for this series. I know we were expecting it to be exciting, but that was a hockey game through and through. You know, every single period ended tied up. Uh, even, even I'm sure we're going to talk about the game, but you know, the Panthers doing what they do so well and scoring with 10 seconds left in the second period, um, really making a game of all of it. And, uh, even though Vegas drew out his first blood, I think it's safe to say it's going to, it won't be a clean sweep because while they're only three wins away, those three wins, I think are only going to get harder and harder. Peter, what do you think? Yeah, I, the thing that I kind of took away from Vegas, um, cause I, I, admittedly, I don't know when I'm going to start taking Florida seriously. Like, they're, they're going to hoist the cup, and I'm going to be like, ah, they might drop it. Like, I, I cannot take the Florida <laughs> Panthers seriously um, because I thought coming in, like, yeah, they're just kind of a not-quite-as-good version of Vegas. Like, can play heavy but also have some speed. Um, the goaltending, I think there's obviously a difference there. But for Vegas, the thing that caught me tonight is how many different ways they can beat you. Because I, I thought, um, Clayton, I think I made a good point there with, with uh, Matthew Kachuk being taken away. I thought on the other side kind of a quiet night for Eichel for, for the most part, but it's still, it's Marcheseau, it's Smith, it's Stone, it's White Cloud, it's Theodore. Um, Clayton and I have to, to deal with this on a, a regular basis in the, the Pacific Division with Calgary and with, with My Vancouver. But, um, yeah, thanks. Um, we got McDavid and Dreisaitl too, but you, you just see the waves that they can come at you in, and that's what it was tonight. Like, if, it, if it's not going to be, uh, maybe tonight it's not going to be Eichel, but then the next game he'll have two, and Stone will have a bit of a quiet night. Like, that's why you accumulate all of this talent because it, it ends up, Lauren, really, really shining through that someone's going to step up and come up big for you. Well, and you know, it's funny. You say that Eichel didn't have a big night. He had to assist, including an assist on the goal that put them up 3-2, right? So even though, you know, there was a bet that was going on uh, on on Sports Interaction um, where if Eichel gets a point in every single game this playoffs, that it pays like some ridiculous thing. I think it was like 7-1. to one. Mm -hmm. And I didn't necessarily think that he was going to get a point in every single game. I thought that Matthew Kachuk maybe would, but, you know, for Eichel to put up two and... Matthew Kachuk to be held off the score sheet, you know, maybe, maybe the contest of best American player isn't quite so in the books as we all thought it was. <laughs> Speaking of American players, I just loved at the end where Eichel and Kachuk are going at it with each other. And I, I'm sure they're buddies off the ice and when they're, when they're in their, their national things, I, I want to touch on very quickly. One thing each of you said, Peter, you said, uh, yeah, the way that Vegas come out at you, they, they score five goals yet seven out of 12 uh, forwards had points. Exactly. And only Eichel had more than one. Three out of the six defensemen had points, and only Theodore had more than one. So you're getting, you know, 10 of your 18 skaters are getting points. That's pretty dangerous, especially in a Stanley Cup final. And Lauren, I love what you said about this isn't going to be a sweep, uh, no matter who you're rooting for. Because imagine if Reinhardt scores on that shorthanded goal, uh, shorthanded breakaway with two and a half minutes left. Now it's a 4-3 game. Uh, instead of a, uh, they turn around and score in the empty net or 5-2. So, you know, could have, should have, would have. But I, I think we're in for at least a, a six or seven game series. At least that's my hope. 
Well, and that, that save at the, the start of the second period, that that, that was happening yeah. while we were doing a Zoom call to make sure we didn't have technical difficulties. So that went great. Um, but th- that, that save <laughs> that, that we, um, th- that Lauren, you reacted to while we were on that call, like that, ha- that, that is a, a game changer. It is, it's game one, but it has the potential to be a series impactor. Like w- we've gone this far, but Aiden Hill was one of the ones who also kind of stole the show tonight for Vegas. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for the first period, for sure, he was their best player. I think mm. as the game went on, for him to make that save on Nick Cousins and keep it and keep the game tied was, I think it really did change the momentum because, you know, even in the second period, Florida came out like with their pants on fire. Like, it's crazy to think that like Florida just had ten days off and they look rested, not rusted. Yes. I actually wrote that down in my game notes for today. They mm-hmm. they don't look like they missed a beat. They came out like a bat out of hell right from the get-go and and as expected, right? Like we all knew that this was gonna happen because this is how they've played the whole series. It's how they beat Boston, it's how they beat the Leafs, it's how they beat Carolina in what, five games? Like or four games. They four slept games. Carolina. Right. And and so I was expecting them to come out because, you know, it's a tie game at the end, at the beginning of the second. And and even though even who scored first in the second period, I have it written down here. A theater uh, for Vegas. Theodore. Vegas. Yeah, Shea for, Theodore. Yeah. 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 Right. With nine minutes to go. And then Anthony Duclair ties it with 10 seconds to go. Yeah. Like in almost every single series that the Florida Panthers have played in at least two games, they get a goal in the last 10 seconds of a period. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy that they, they don't give up the fight even at the very end. Like, yeah. 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 Well, Clayton, they're, they're, they're nine yeah. and now nine and uh, I guess still nine and one in, in one goal games, which is yeah. a, an absolute ton of one goal games. Like you, and you can see where that comes from. And I, I kind of thought that the first two periods kind of like flip flopped. Like, I thought Florida took it to Vegas a little bit in, in that first period. Um, they have the one nothing lead. Vegas scores late to tie it. They kind of switch the momentum. As Lauren mentioned, Theodore scores in the midway through the second period. But then late in that second period, Duclair scores. Like you can, you never fully have the momentum against this, against this team because they're one bounce or one play away from just snatching it right back. Yeah, all good points. And, and not only... I think it it's also speaks to how close this series is. You guys have both used the term fight and battle. Uh, the one thing I noticed, and Lauren, help me out on this, because I don't watch Florida a lot during the... Uh, we, Peter and I worry about our own uh, woes in our Pacific division. But <laughs> they have such... And not just because it's kind of become tradition at their arena. They have such a uh, you know rat pack mentality. Like... I don't remember one time where Vegas initiated the scrum, where Vegas initiated the physical contact after. It was always Kachuk. It was Gudis. It was Declare. Uh, it was all these guys who who simply Bennett is in there too, where they're always grabbing jerseys. They're slashing. They're doing – and you'd always yeah. see four Panthers guys around one Shea Theodore or around one Jack Eichel. I was, I was quite fascinated and surprised, and I guess it shows in the penalty minutes, 46 to 18. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. And like – it's crazy because I only went. I, I went to. I was lucky enough to go to a game this season, which was delightful. Thank you very much to my uh, a family friend of mine that gave me tickets to that. Um, and it was actually a game against the Panthers, and I think it was in the second half of the year. And they were playing like it was the Stanley Cup playoffs. Like <laughs> the what you saw tonight with the just like the crap after the whistle and the pushing and the shoving and the and the slashes and the cross checks to the kidneys and. All of the fun things that we have come to expect of the Florida Panthers, um, they were doing that the whole season. Like this isn't this isn't new to me, and so mm-hmm. I was expecting it going into the playoffs. And I, I mean, I was expecting Vegas to maybe give it a little bit more, but I don't think that they need to give it because Florida's doing enough of it, and they're and Vegas is getting enough penalties out of it, right? Like there were so many penalties tonight 
so many penalties. I mean, I know it's only game one of the Stanley Cup or the Stanley Cup final, but there's a lot more penalties than I was expecting. What do you guys think? <laughs> yeah, uh, for sure. Especially when we couldn't even keep track of what was going on with the four minutes left. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Peter, you like, you like, Peter, you like that kind of hockey though. You think, do you think, do you think Vegas should just do what they were doing and, and let, and almost take it a little bit, like not be submissive, but at least just take it knowing that they're going to make them pay on the power plays they did tonight with two power play goals. It, it, it's interesting you, you raise that because it kind of reminds me of the mentality. Now, it, it painfully for some in this chat didn't end up going all the way, but it reminds me of the 2011 Canucks where like Sedin, the, the Sedin twins yeah. would get the tar kicked out of them uh, during a scrum, but then they get a power play and they would eat you alive. And it's like, oh, Florida, you want to put your power play that was at, or you want to put their, your penalty kill that was at <laughs> 70% in the regular season out there against Eichel and Stone and Theodore and Carlson and Marcia So and Smith, by all means, go for it. Knock yourselves <laughs> out. Um, and uh, this kind of um, kind of spins into something I wanted to talk about in segment two. But what the heck? We're, we're spitballing here. I I'm very worried for Florida about what I saw because in the last part of that game because I have seen this song and dance before from Kachuk and from Bennett um, last year in the West semifinal for the, the Flames against the Edmonton Oilers, Matthew Kachuk's sole mission in life was to be an asshole. He didn't care mm -hmm. about scoring goals. He didn't care about creating chances. He had one mission on this planet, and that was to be a fuck. And he was. He absolutely was. Flames lost in five. He was the most ineffective player. By the time the Flames were trading him to Florida, I was ready to drive him to the airport. Like, it, it was, he was so ineffective in that series, he just got it in his head that I just need to be a shit disturber. And Sam Bennett can be the exact same way. He will be incredibly talented and very dynamic for 55 minutes a game and lose his ever-loving mind for the last five, and it ends up costing you. Like, I don't know if that game, if, if the balance shifts, but if they're losing their heads that way um, here in, in game, Game one, Lauren, I, I'm very concerned about Florida going forward because I have seen the, this train go off of those rails before. For sure. And like, you know, in fairness, this is not the Chuck brother I'm used to dealing with. Like, <laughs> don't get me wrong. They're, you know, two birds of a feather. They really are, right? Like him and his brother, who are now both in the Atlantic Division, um, have decided to make themselves not even just be like just like shit disturbers but they're like no 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 like this is what we're gonna do and this is who we talk about character like that's the main character that they are they don't want to be the hero for their team they want to be the villain against your team right and listen brad marchand is getting a little bit older thank god um <laughs> and so there's going to be a new era of these types of players that are coming through and i'm i'm it really sucks that they're both in my division now but i digress um you know, it's in games like that, it's clear that Florida had slipped, right? Like we all we all agreed in the first period, Florida was the better team by a landslide. But as the game went on, Vegas got better and better. Their passes were better. Their shots were better quality. Like Bobrovsky made a couple of ridiculous saves that kept them in the game. There was, listen, there were shots both ways that this game probably could have been eight to six. Right. Like there was enough posts. There was enough near chances like the Nick Cousins save the Bobrovsky windmill leg pad Dominic Hashik style save. Like it, it, this is only game one and it's only going to get better. But Peter, I totally agree. I think Florida hasn't really played against a team as as qualified as Vegas is to be mm -hmm. in the playoffs. Um, 
not to say that any of the teams that they played against, like I'm, I'm a Leafs fan. I have more Leafs jerseys than I pro should probably ethically own. But there's a reason that they're playing Vegas, and Vegas is showing them that they're not the Canes, they're not the Boston Bruins, they're not the Leafs. Like Vegas is making themselves a problem, and if it keeps going this way, uh, Florida is going to be in hot water quicker sooner than light, sooner rather than later. And I do want to speak about, I agree with everything you said, Lauren. I do want to speak about Kachuk's maturity, though. Um, but before, Peter, it's funny you mentioned that whole 2011 thing because that's exactly what I thought of. When I saw Kachuk ragdolling Theodore by the jersey and Theodore just kind of looking away, that's exactly what Brad Marchand did to Daniel Cedin. Remember that in front of the net. Yeah. It was the exact same thing. So it's funny you bring that up because that certainly resonated with me. I agree, Peter, with what you said about him versus Edmonton last year and Lauren, now that uh, all the things you said about Florida. What happens, though, if we are seeing the emergence and the maturity of a Matthew Kachuk where you're down 4-2, you're likely not going to, the way Aiden Hill's playing and the way Vegas' defense is playing, you're likely not going to win game one. So maybe he's doing all this, four minutes left, very intentionally where, uh, I hear what you're saying, Peter, where, but maybe he's a year more mature where he's smart. He knows he's the best player. We know he's the leading scorer. And he's just trying to set a tone for game two. I, I'm just, I, I'm, a, I'm acknowledging what you said, but I'm thinking maybe it's a little more strategic than we might be thinking. No, and that's totally fair. And that's also yeah. something we saw from him in his last year in Calgary in the regular season, actually against Toronto. Um, mm. I, I think the, the, the Leafs curb stomped the, the Flames in a game. Um, and the Calgary just had no fight in that game whatsoever. And at the end, Kachuk just like flips the, the puck very condescendingly at Jake Muzzin. And it, he and got into a, a bit of a scrum and like kind of no one came to, to support him. But he was like, look, if you guys aren't going to fight, I'm going to fight. Like, I, I am going to be the one dragging this team, kicking and screaming to, to wherever we need to get to. Um, that led to some conversations and it led to the, the team being um, tops in the, the Pacific Division that year. So, yes, no, Clayton, absolutely. Like, mm -hmm. there is... That there's there's very much a method to that madness or crazy like a fox with uh, with Matthew Kachuk. One other thing that Lauren touched on that Clayton, I want to get your opinion on here before sure. uh, I tell you about some more great stuff that uh, SDPN has going on. Um, she she kind of mentioned like about the like playoff readiness of some of the teams, like a, a Toronto and and like a Carolina. One thing they pointed out on the broadcast tonight that I thought was interesting. Bobrovsky is a very good goalie, but holy crap, did they make life miserable for him? There was someone parked in front of that dude. All night long. And that's not something that, with all due respect, not something Toronto was doing. And not, not something Carolina did in the blink of an eye that that series went. That, like, that's how you throw a goalie who is looking like Dominic Hasek off of their game, isn't it? Really love that point. And Vegas, their size comes from their back end with, with Petrangelo and all those guys. Martinez. You don't really think of their skill forwards, at least, as being that big. But they are... Pess. Uh, Barbashev is kind of big and he's kind of annoying, mm -hmm. but you're right. Eichel, Stone, Marcia Show, and Smith, those two guys, the misfits from the very start, they are annoying type players. And we know this because we get to see them five or six times a year. So, and then you have all the guys in, in the in the bottom six that aren't afraid to go to the net either. So, I that's a really good point. And Brubowski, you know, he's a veteran. He's not too, he, we're not going to rattle him, but you certainly are going to make things difficult, just like uh, Florida tried to do when um, they got in Aiden Hills Girl in the very first few minutes of the game. So, it's a very important strategy for both teams i think i thought we were gonna get a goalie fight at there like when, when hill was getting into that thing i was like are we starting this with a goalie fight because that's gonna be great that there's nowhere to go but a coach fight after that so i i thought we were gonna get into it lauren 
Bruce Cassidy would never. Also, <laughs> one thing I do want to quickly say, you brought up a good point about how they were getting people in front of Bobrovsky and covering it and like getting in his eyes, right? And you know the worst part about all of this, guys, is the fact that the Leafs did that in the first round against Tampa Bay. Like, there's a reason that the Leafs were able to beat him because they got so many shots through traffic, got in his mm -hmm. way, and very much made Vasilevsky very vulnerable. Like, I think Fassi ended up the series with, like, like a like a 901 save percentage or something very uncharacteristic because the Leafs did very well against it. Problem is, is that when they got to the second round, they took their foot off the gas, did not try and do the same way, and they got run over. Like, I'm not saying... Like, there's a reason that the Leafs aren't playing in the finals right now because... and. Uh, when do we want to? Uh, the the question that I had for you, gentlemen, before the series, or before we started streaming tonight, um, does seeing this game make you feel better about how your team played this season in terms of you know oh they they have something that our team doesn't <laughs> talent. Peter, go ahead, Peter. Uh, you first. Yeah, uh, yeah, talent. Yeah, yeah. Quality hockey players is something I thought the Flames <laughs> were missing quite a bit this season. So that that, that certainly shine through. But yeah, no, I've I have watched the the stat the, the entire playoffs, like from Devils Rangers all the way up to to this game, and not one moment did I spend thinking, oh yeah, the Flames could hang in this. Um, like yeah. this shows, and like even going back to to last year when it was Colorado against Tampa Bay, and they were just putting art out on the ice. Like you you really see what level it takes to get to this point. And like we talk about, oh, this is a, a playoff type atmosphere for a game on a Wednesday in March. It's like, no, it's not. We like to think it <laughs> yeah. is because we forgot what it was like back in June. But the, the, like there's there's nothing the same uh, about it. I don't know if any sport changes from regular season to playoffs more than the National Hockey League does. And for, for the Calgary Flames um, specifically, they did not even elevate to the level of trying to get into the playoffs. Like, remember, the Jets were stumbling down the stretch, and the Flames were like, ah, no, 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 we're good, we're fine, we're just gonna get everyone fired. Um, so I, I don't, I don't look at this from a, a Flames perspective and think they're even close to, to this level uh, of hockey. I, I, don't, I don't think they were able to elevate to what the Devils put out in the first round, let alone what would these teams are. Clayton, what about you? Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. For one thing, we got to find a coach and stick with him for more than a year. That's the first thing. When I say we, I'm talking about the Canucks. And I know there's some Canucks fans in the chat. I can see you lurking and typing. When I look at these two teams, Lauren and, and Peter, when I look at these two teams, the two strengths of these two teams are what the two weaknesses are for Vancouver. And that's their defense as a whole. And that's their third line center spot. We don't have a William Carlson. We don't have an Anton Lundell who, who can just hold that down. And you just, uh, Florida, you know, I, I think their defense is just okay. Uh, they got some uh, Montour and Ekblad, of course, but you look at Vegas's defense between Theodore, Petrangelo, all those guys. And uh, Vancouver, their their Achilles heel uh, ever since the 2011 Cup run has been they haven't really been able to put a solid unit of six defenders together. So, uh, Lauren, great question, and I'm glad you you prepped us or primed us a couple hours ago when we, when we did our tech test. But yeah, what I saw the two things that uh, among two strengths of both teams, the the Canucks don't have, and that's a third line center, and that's a a, a solid unit of six defensemen. How about your Leafs? And I know it, I'm not. I'm not trying to poke. It was close. No, no, no. no. Listen, I'm wearing a Blue Jays hat, right? <laughs> um, I know that the Leafs season is over. The other thing that the both of these teams have had has been remarkably, unexpectedly good goaltending. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like. Now, I'm not saying that that is a recipe, and that's something you need to win 100 percent of the time. Like last year the avalanche somehow won with the goaltenders that they had and they, they were fine, but they were not, 
they were not the world beaters that we have come to expect that get to the world to the World Series that get to the Stanley Cup final, right? The Vasilevskis, the the uh, um, you know the the Jake Marks from a couple years ago, the Braden Holdby from a couple years ago. Like they're when teams go on these runs, it's usually because they have a goalie that is playing better than expected, right? Like Braden Holpe a couple of years ago, he had that one season where he was remarkable. Even Matt Murray on the Leafs, you know, he has one of the highest playoff percentage, save percentages uh, currently of any active goaltender. But, you know, that's all well and good. But if it's not the goaltender's year, then, you know, you have about as much of a hope and a prayer as a snowflake in hell, right? Like yeah. all it takes is one goaltender getting unexpectedly good and it screws the whole team up. And so both of the goaltenders for both teams, Aiden Hill and Sergei Bobrovsky, neither of them started the playoffs for their respected teams. You know, they started, uh, both of them, I believe, started off as backups. And now they're both like having goalie duels. Sergei Bobrovsky's save percentage got when it started uh, 891 against Boston, a 943 against Toronto and a 966 against Carolina. Now, obviously that's going to go down because he hasn't been scored on five times in these playoffs yet until tonight. But, you know, that goaltending is also a game changer, right? And we know we know that and all of our teams, we were expecting the goaltending to maybe be better than it was this year too. So, um, you know, it takes all of these ingredients to make the recipe of success for the playoffs and we're all in mourning because none of our teams are the ones that we're talking about. Uh, and just to throw salt in the wound, and with all due respect to the label that pays, uh, it took the Leafs until midway through Game 3 to score their fifth goal of the series against Florida. Um, anyway, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm having a great time with this chat, but I, I have forgot a few hostly duties. We're 26 minutes in. Uh, there's a bunch of you in the chat. First of all, thank you. Uh, this has been a ton of fun. The, the chat is blowing up right now with which team deserves to be here less. Uh, but the, the chat has been bumping. So this has been a whole lot of fun. Keep that rolling while you're typing and, and chirping. Uh, make sure you hit like, make sure you subscribe, hit that bell icon so you know when we're going to be doing these things. All of those things help. YouTube isn't going to see a video that has likes and go, ah, people don't want to see that. So th those things help us grow. We really want to keep this good thing going. Um, secondly, a, a few things from SDPN this month. Uh, first of all, SDPN is joining the Get Real movement with their virtual 5K to raise money for Rainbow Railroad, which is a, a phenomenal, phenomenal cause. I'm very happy we're part of this. Uh, the SDP boys have pledged to get on their running shoes on June 23rd. That's the SDP, not SDPN. I, I, I don't own running shoes. Um, it, it's going to be on June 23rd and hopefully make it to the finish line. Get Real and Rainbow Railroad have a goal of raising $2,500. Um, so support the boys in that. As always, our Pride merch, which you can see there, um, is in Happy our shop. Happy Pride, by the way, everybody. Happy Pride, yes. Um, this month, we'll be donating all proceeds from across the entire store to our virtual 5K team. Um, so we have a, a lot going on there. And uh, make sure you stay tuned to SDPN social channels for uh, a whole bunch more with Pride uh, this upcoming month. So I, I think I've checked at least some of the boxes there. But yes, like, subscribe, all of those things. Um, also, just a quick one from the chat. I'm not going to cover everything because... The chat's covered a lot. Um, but Avery asking, Paul Maurice versus Bruce Cassidy. What are the betting odds? Just quickly, as someone who has done fight analysis before, Paul Maurice looks like he would fight dirty, but Bruce Cassidy looks like he's he's got a couple of guys who would take care of it. You know, like, but Bruce Cassidy's not getting those hands dirty. He's got a couple He's got a couple of boys who are going to take care of that instead. Maybe I'm misreading things, but that's just the vibes I get. 
I don't think they're in the same weight class. Like, I think Paul Maurice <laughs> is significantly larger as a person than Bruce Cassidy is. Not that Bruce Cassidy is small, but I'm pretty sure Paul yeah. Maurice is like 6'2", right? Yeah. And I'm pretty sure Bruce Cassidy is like average height, like 5'10". And when Paul Maurice looks down at the iPad when he's checking if it's a high stick or a, or an offside or whatever, you can physically see him getting mad and worked up and he turns red and then his, his eyebrow goes crazy. So I would not, I want well, I can't beat up anyone, but I certainly wouldn't want to mess with Paul <laughs> Maurice. That's for sure. <laughs> By the way, before we get off that topic, who's your coach, Peter is, is Sutter still the coach? I'm being serious. Is he still the coach right now? Uh, he is not. No, we, we are. We're between coaches at the moment uh, out here in Calgary. And then Sheldon Keith, we're trying to figure out. So I was going to say between our coaches, let's say Sutter is still in a Royal rumble between Tockets, between Sheldon Keith and between, uh, Daryl Sutter, who wins that? Oh, man. I I think it would be Keith because he's probably played in an NHL game most recently. I think Daryl Sutter's probably third because he's very old. That's Talk fair. It was pretty, Talk it was pretty tough, though. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. think I think the real fight is is for the gold is for the gold and silver medals. I think bronze is decided. If we get all the Sutter brothers to, to come in and fill this thing up like a Royal Rumble, then maybe we got a shot. But yeah, if, if it's just mano y mano y mano, then maybe not so much. Um, I do want to talk about Paul Maurice's team, the, the Florida Panthers. I said, and I will fully admit it, I, I, I have not picked the Florida Panthers to win a series yet. So obviously I am 0 for 3. <laughs> and I, I kind of thought they'd get boat raced in this series. But Clayton, I was really pleasantly surprised with how well Florida, um, for the most part, hung with Vegas and for some games kind of took it to Vegas. Like the, the, the main takeaway for me from the, the team that's down one nothing in this series is the Florida Panthers belong in this series. Yeah, I'm slightly better than you. I'm one and two when it comes to Florida. I certainly didn't have them knocking off Boston. I certainly didn't have them knocking off Toronto. And then as soon as they did that, I said, okay, maybe there's something here. Uh, This kind of bleeds into, I'm sure, how we're going to end this. But I I simply think that they are a well-coached team. Not simply, they are a well-coached team. They, you know, I, I was talking to my, my sons when we were watching the game and I said, okay, Vegas seems to have all the star power in Ico and in Stone and Theodore and so on and so forth. But then, you know, Bar- and you have Kachuk and Barkov's such a quiet star. The way he he ripped that shot off the off the crossbar uh, with barely even flicking his wrist. And he's so good defense. Like they have kind of all these guys that for Hagee, kind of quiet tonight, but he's been awesome. I simply think that if, if they are more disciplined, yeah, they're a really, really strong team. I think they kind of got off their game a little bit, as, as we talked about. But yeah, they certainly, I agree. They belong to be here. They belong here, I should say. And I, I do think, I think this is going to be a long series, only because I think they're a very smart team and they're a well-coached team under Maurice. And I, if they can be more disciplined, stay out of the box, and do exactly what you guys have been talking about, is taking away uh, Aiden Hill's eyes, I, uh, I think this is going to be a, I think they could take game two and, and more for sure. Yeah, I, I think that, that this is a team that, like, they, they showed to me tonight, like, yeah, that they can do it. And we, we talk about, like, Matthew Kachuk being taken away for game one. Lauren, yeah. um, he is certainly, like, talk about getting in a goalie's face. He he will get in a goalie's face. Like, he, he can do those things. And you, you just, uh, I mentioned how Vegas has so many ways to beat you. Florida can do that as well. Like, this is uh, a sneaky, deep team as, again, sorry, as you experienced in, in round uh, yeah. two of these playoffs. Like, th- this is a team that has a few ways to beat you as well. For sure. Listen, to get to the Stanley Cup final, you have to be playing to win by committee, right? And that's, I think, part of the reason why teams like the Leafs and like the Oilers and maybe to some degree like the Jets, it hasn't been working is because while you have all of this great structure, you haven't been able to get all of the rest of it going at the same time as well, right? Whereas, you know, Vegas and Seattle 
even though Seattle only, you know, I mean, they made up a series of the second round and they were, they got kicked out in the second round. But for the most part, teams that have been winning this year are teams that have been winning by committee. Even Dallas, even, you know, even Carolina, like there were so many people scoring up and down the lineup on all these teams that have moved forward. And, and both teams, both teams have players where you go, I forgot that that guy was on it. And of course he got his second goal of the playoffs, right? Like Eric <laughs> Stahl tonight kicks off the scoring for Florida yes. and it's his second goal of the playoffs in his hundredth playoff game. <laughs> like if his career, like it's, it. I mean, it's, that's what you come to expect when you get to the finals, because to win the thing, you have to, everybody has to be playing perfect, including the goalies, including the, your bottom pair on defense, including your top pair and including your bottom six, everybody has to be going. And Vegas has been going more recently, you know, chugga chugging and Florida has sort of been this unstoppable force. And, you know, I think Florida maybe had the wind taking out of their sails a little bit because they haven't faced a team that mirrors them so well, right? Like, as the game went on, Vegas started playing a very mirrored version of how Florida was playing, and Florida couldn't keep up. Yeah. And, and you know, I do think that the series is far from over, but, you know, Florida has to find a different level, and they have to have more of their guys scoring from the bottom because... You know, we all know, myself included, that if your stars get shut down, it's very hard to only rely on those bottom guys. So if I'm a Florida fan, I'm hoping Matthew Kachuk is 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 uh, is scoring at least two goals next game and that Radko Gudis uh, comes back without injury because he had a couple of block shots tonight that did not look like they tickled. Yeah. Yes. Oh boy. He, yeah, he, he wore a couple of those that looked like that they yeah. would put down mere mortals. Uh, but, but he was able to, <laughs> to kind of grind his way through, uh, Clayton, you kind of mentioned it before about, um, kind of taking away the, the eyes of Aiden Hill a little bit. Is that the, the main adjustment you're looking for from Florida going into game two? I am. And you know, I was so impressed. I was going to ask you guys, but I can work this into my answer. Um, I, I did not know much about Brandon Montour. I, I knew he was in good shape. I knew he was a good skater. I was so impressed with his game, the way he can activate from the back end and how he kind of controls uh, the the play when he's on the ice. So yeah, I would say be take away the eyes. I would definitely say be more disciplined. And and then I would I don't know if it's, it's easier said than done, but activate the defenseman a little bit more. I, again, it's easier. Like I said, it, it, it's not always easy. And I think maybe I, I don't I didn't pay much attention to the line, to the line matching. Maybe you guys did, and you can let me know. And of course, once they get back to Florida, then they can get Kachuk away from whoever was on them tonight. But uh, that's another thing that I'd be looking for more. Game three is kind of the matchups, but for game two, it's kind of more the just the discipline. By the way, were they line matching? Was was Vegas line matching against Kachuk? Uh, they, they may have been. It didn't stand out to me, um, yeah. but I, I admittedly wasn't looking for it. Um, yeah. So I, I didn't notice anything. Lauren, did anything in that area catch your eye? Not overly, no. I was yeah. actually looking up a statistic about Brandon Montour because, Clay, you mentioned yeah. Brandon Montour specifically. He has played 53 career playoff games, okay? Yeah. Um, in those playoffs, in the, all those games, he has six goals, 14 assists for 20 points. In this year... He has every single one of those goals. So <laughs> you're not the only one that's surprised that Brendan Montour has decided that he's now a playoff contender. Yeah, like, yeah. And again, it just circles back to winning by committee, having people that normally yes. don't step up all of a sudden be able to step up and, and produce. So um, if I am, if I'm Florida, I'm, I'm hoping that I don't have a repeat of tonight and I'm hoping that I can find some extra space and get in the eyes of Aiden Hill yeah. because he, looked world beating tonight and he is a ufa i believe at the end of this 
season on July 1st, if I'm not mistaken. So mm. he is going to get a handsome payout regardless of where he signs. And I can't imagine after this playoff run that Vegas is just going to let him walk. Yeah. But Peter, quickly, I was going to ask you, when you saw Hill get beat on that wraparound by uh, stall of all players on shorthanded, were you worried that maybe Hill was nervous? Or do you think that was just simply a, a bit of a poor read? And unlucky. No, no one covered the far post and it went off of him on the wraparound. <laughs> I, I think that was 100% a goalie getting a bit too excited. Yeah. Um, like that, that was a, I'm going to come out and challenge you and I'm going to make this. Oh no. Um, <laughs> like that, that, that's what that kind of read to me. It was funny. Like that, that is um, for, for those of us of a certain age, that's the exact type of goal. You always wanted to score in ball hockey, like a little bit different because you wanted to get the goalie to bite on the slap shot first and you could go around and just tuck it into the empty net. So uh, Eric Stahl in a number of different ways, li living out childhood fantasies tonight <laughs> with, with that particular goal. But yeah, I thought that was a case of him being a little over exuberant. And I think you saw that a few times, like on, uh, I forget which goal it was now. Uh, it might've even been the, the equalizer at one, one, but um, Vegas is coming into the, the the attacking zone on the power play, and Stahl comes out to the blue line, and it leaves exactly no one behind him. And it, like that, that's a play where when if that's again a Tuesday in January, you're not making that play, you're backing up. But it's the Stanley Cup final; it's Game One. Um, like you, you want to be out there. You got Michael Buffer doing the intros. Like I want to impress him. That's really cool. Like you, you, you have all of these things going. So you step up to make a big play and oh crap, it's behind me. I wonder if those start to, to kind of taper off. Now you, you've been here, it's game one. You have a couple of days off, which I, I'm sure won't be a problem in Vegas and yeah. you, you get ready for, for game two. So I, I wonder if what we start to, to kind of settle into this series a little bit there, Clayton. Yep, uh, great points, and I think I think both stalls were on the ice. I think Eric Stahl jumped the the blue line, and I think Mark Stahl got caught behind the net, leaving uh, Marshall all alone. That that's a really good point. Yeah, I, I I love your point about settling down. It's funny you mentioned about Vegas because I was talking to my boys about this. They're they're talking. Do you think they'll go out there? Did they go out last night? Did they go out tonight? Are they going to not go out the night before? Just a challenging town to be in as a road team for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that, that's going to be. Uh... Well, we'll see. I'm sure. You know what? Nice calm day at the spa is yeah. probably all that they're going to get up to. Um, someone said in the uh, the, the chat, uh, guess what? Paul Maurice said something silly tonight. So I, I've kind of been looking uh, for it. He said a lot, but uh, there's one. Yeah, they'll have to be more specific. Yeah, there's one. Everybody just fucking breathe when asked about losing uh, game one. When asked about Matthew Kachuk's turnover on the goal-ahead goal, fuck, it was tough. So my, my, my boy getting the work out of the F-bombs this evening. Aren't we all? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I use those words all the time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, if you could be more specific on that, I'm, I'm trying to, to kind of go yeah. through that. But uh, as we, we kind of wind things down here, a reminder again, one more time, subscribe to the channel, like the video, um, hit the bell icon so you know when we're going to be doing these. I mean, it's after every Stanley Cup game, but a, a reminder is nice. That, that would be, you know, it, it helps every now and then. I forget things. You might too. Um, but if you missed any of this, it's available in podcast form or even get podcasts, or you can just watch this video after the the video stays. YouTube's not going to take it down. Um, so now now going into to game three, we talked about um, Florida adjustments. No game is perfect from a, a Vegas standpoint. Lauren, we'll start with you. Anything mm -hmm. that, that you think Vegas can improve upon going into to game two? Uh, I think they need to they need to be a little bit more aware of the fact that Florida will very often let at least one of their forwards cheat defense to try and get close to the other team's blue line to get a chance on the breakaway, right? That's how they get the shorthanded goal. That's how they that's how they almost get a second shorthanded goal. 
And those kinds of opportunities normally go in for the Florida Panthers. And tonight, Aiden Hill was lucky enough to stop at least one of them. Um, but I don't know that as somebody who has lost to the Florida Panthers, I can tell you that the more you give them in that regard, the more you give them an opportunity to get a man behind your defenseman, the more they're going to eat you alive. So if if the floor, if Vegas wants to play a tighter game against Florida, they need to do a better job of knowing where the other players are because Florida is a very fast team. They will make a Hail Mary pass to two-thirds of the way up the ice perfectly to the player that they know is going to get a breakaway. And mm. more often than not, they score on that. And they only scored on it once tonight. Um, but again, as somebody that has suffered and lost against that team, I know that they can do it multiple times a night. And if you want to win the Stanley Cup, uh, you can't do things like that which is why the Leafs lost and why Vegas won because they did it pretty well tonight, but they need to be a little bit better for me. Yeah, Clayton, I would say when Eric Stahl gets behind your defense, something has maybe not gone the, the way you would want it to. Um, as uh, you, you know, uh, with all due respect, again, he's living out fantasies and playing in 100 Stanley Cup playoff games. I'm, I, yeah. I, I'm close to that, I'm sure. But uh, for you, with, uh, with Vegas now going into to game two, what would you like to see them kind of adjust as they yeah. go into that second game? I don't worry about them. So I agree with what Lauren said about the defensive awareness. I think it's a really good point. I don't, I don't worry about Vegas being overconfident. They said that stat about 75% of the teams that win game one going to win the final. I know one team really well that that stat, they're on the 25% side of it. But that's not about that's not about this team that night tonight. So I, I think for Vegas, if they're aware uh, also that Florida is likely going to um, perhaps be more disciplined, uh, I think that falls into Vegas's uh, hands, actually, quite frankly. And I'm looking at the t ice time. I can't even complain. I thought maybe like the, the fourth line of Amadio, Carrier, and, and Colsar could have got more minutes. But they actually got between 9 and 10 minutes each, and that's not so bad. So admittedly, I, I wouldn't say much about adjustments. I would I would, I would, would affirm Hill. Not He's a grown man. You don't have to do too much with him. But I would affirm it. Tell him to stay in his pocket. Tell him to stay, uh, you know, stay calm and stay focused. Because when he's calm and efficient with his movement as a big goalie, he is very, very tough to beat. So for for Vegas, obviously you're up one nothing. You do more of the same. So I wouldn't look at doing too much. I wouldn't make any lineup adjustments unless anyone got nicked up a little bit. So uh, I would stay the course with him. Quite frankly. Yeah, Clayton. That one seems like uh, you watch it back in video on the the one nothing goal. It's like you know what you did, hey? Let, let's yeah. just let's not in game two. Cool. Okay, we're good. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> um, lastly here, uh, apparently Paul Maurice's comments were, were towards officiating. He said uh, to him it was a 2-2 game. Um, to the official stat keepers of the NHL, it was a 5-2 game. But um, <laughs> it, it does appear like there, there were some comments about the officiating tonight. Um, I, I personally here, I, I didn't... I didn't have too much of a problem with how this game was officiating. Like, th there was a, a violent assault. I think it was Lomberg got sent into the boards really awkwardly. That could have been about four different penalties on that. Uh, aside from that, like, th there was a couple ticky-tack things that I wouldn't have called in the Stanley Cup final. But if you're going to err on calling it by the rule book, it, it's tough for me to argue. So I personally didn't see a whole lot wrong with the officiating here in, in game one. Lauren, did anything kind of stand out to you from that standpoint? No, like I said, I was I it was interesting that the penalties that they called, right? Like there's multiple roughing penalties or interference called. There's other penalties that probably should have been called that weren't. Um and as the game went on, it felt more and more like like that like I was just I, I was surprised by the number of penalties that were called, to be totally honest. Like, I was mm -hmm. expecting at least a couple. And obviously, like, the coach's challenge, there's nothing you can do about that one, right? That's going to happen regardless. But, like, that big scrum at the end where they end up with a double minor, like, that was surprising. I didn't – I think I think Paul Maurice was rightly irritated at that. Like, I was 
I mean, it's West Macaulay, though, so you never know what you're going to get, right? It really is a crapshoot more than anything else. Um, <laughs> that's probably all I should say, or I'm going to get fined from the NHL. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And I think, yeah, the, the, if I was Paul Maurice, the one I would be upset with was, was, was Cousins got, uh, it was Cousins who got drilled on the boards by Chandler Stevenson, and there right. was no call. Uh, so I'd be upset about that. But other than that, he's doing he's a he's a smart coach. He's trying to deflect attention away from his own players. He's trying to put it on the league. And if there's a 50-50 call in the next game, you can bet because of what Maurice just said, he's a better chance of it going Florida's way. So smart, I'd be doing the same thing. You just, you just walk that line. Lauren kind of joked about it, about not getting fined. But you walk that line up until that point. And yeah, he's, he's looking out for his players and, as he should. Well, and it's coaching one on one because what Pomerice is doing. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's coaching one on one because what are we closing the show with tonight? It's not oh Bobrovsky just let in four. Has the the bloom fallen yeah. off the rose? And Matthew Kachuk punched a dude while he was being held. Is he an asshole? Sam Bennett, where was he? Like we're not talking about any of these things. We're talking about officiating, and we're talking about Paul Maurice. And while it can seem uh, a little bit sometimes narcissistic to try to get the spotlight on you, sometimes it's good to not have it on on, on others, right? Oh yeah, and Brian Burke, uh, Lauren, Lauren, whoops, Lauren knows this from his time, his time there. Uh, he was the master of it, of of deflecting, um, and, and just making sure that his players can play, play, coaches can yep. coach, and let him take the fine, take the heat, and let him get in the fights in the in the backroom offices across the league. The more coaches are Teflon for their players, the the better it turns out for them. Let's be real. Even yeah. even like we saw Palmer is being like, oh, game was two two. That's the same as Rod Brendamore being like, we didn't get swept. Yeah, you did though. Right. <laughs> no, you didn't, but mm, you did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's like, like us did. saying that's like us saying we didn't start late tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I thought we started on time. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, look, I'm manifesting a fifth game. That that's just that's uh, something I saw on TikTok. <laughs> um, all right. This was a blast. I, I had so much fun chatting with you guys. Uh, before before we bounce, is there anything else that, that we haven't covered that uh, that Lauren you think you, you want to get uh, get to, or it's almost twelve thirty in the morning and you want to get to bed? No, no, no. Listen, it's Saturday. I'm fine. Um, I would just say make sure you guys check out Game Over Two, Game Over for Game Two on Monday, I believe. Is it Monday yeah. or Tuesday? Yeah, it's Monday, Monday with uh, Charlie and Kaya on it. Awesome. Yes, and there might be a third guest as well. We aren't sure oh. yet. So please make sure you attend that. Check that stream out. And we, like I said, we are all going to be here for all of the finals. You got us tonight, but it's going to be all the Game Over people from here on out. So. Uh, I'm so this was a great show guys. This was a great time. Let's do this again. Yeah, Clayton anything else uh but before we we, we kind of give our our last plugs and get out of here for the night. No, this has been wonderful a wonderful chance to to collaborate with you two and like Lauren said, we have I'd say two thirds of our game over hosts um and a few of us that you haven't seen in a couple months truly because our teams have been eliminated. It's a nice chance for us to work with some new people while under the same banner of SDPN who support us so well. So Thank you for supporting us tonight, and mm -hmm. please support the rest of the streams throughout this entire series. Yeah, th this was great. Um, I hope we don't do it again next year because that would mean all of our teams missed again. Uh, so uh, hopefully hopefully we don't have to do this again. But if we do, th this was so much fun. Uh, my name is Peter Klein. You can find me on social media. I am at Primetime Klein. If you thought, boy, I wonder if this guy knows about events that happened in Calgary, uh, you can see my writing on Daily Hive. Uh, Lauren, where can people uh, find your work? You can find me on Twitter at Lauren in the six. Uh, that's the only really social media I have because I'm a bad adult. <laughs> no, I think you're a smart one. Uh, Clayton, what about you? 
I'm at Canuck Clay both here on YouTube and on Twitter as well. Um, and as mentioned before, game two comes at you Monday night. It will be Charlie and Kaya and uh, third person to be determined. Uh, so once again, for Lauren, Clayton, my name is Peter. Uh, thank you to Robert, who once again saved our asses this time over the phone. Uh, and thank you to all of you for tuning in today. And we will talk to you all later. Game over! Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook.